This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. Welcome to the Bridge Zone, you're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have just come off three days of jam-packed face-to-face bridge, and it was awesome. You, Jean, would have been proud of me, Barry, because I got a headache. (laughs) You should get a headache when you're playing bridge, Mariana, that's good. That shows that you've been concentrating, so high five, you, Jean, I got a headache Sunday, and yeah, Monday was enough to get to bed early. But hey, we have got some results for you, and we've got an awesome catch-up with Liam Milne, and he shares with us a very topical subject at the moment. Yeah, he does. And I've got some news too about when I was helping clean up at the club on Saturday night. Guess what I found? What are you talking about? Don't what? you dare. <laughs> there was this set of khakis that I came across and I thought, oh. who could they belong to? They were stuck in the bin with all the old bidding slips at the bottom there. And I thought, and I looked around, everybody had gone. There was now, I thought, I wonder who that could be. Guess who it was, guys? Yeah, have a guess. <laughs> it was Mariana. <laughs> She's used to sharing her khakis around, apparently. <laughs> so that's right. I was hectic. I had already run the insurance company because I'd lost my khakis. So I ran the insurance company, the Waikato Auto Locksmiths, and one of my friends who's a key locksmith, and he said, oh, you're knackered. It's got a special key, rada, rada, rada. Husband wasn't talking to me at all. And I had come back down to the bridge club to go through everything. And then I don't know why you got that job. But anyway. So Barry finds him in the ice cream bucket in the middle of the table. And when he was talking to someone about it, this kind old gent says... I remember playing a game like that a couple of decades ago where you chuck your khakis in the middle of the table. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, well, Mariana's keys, anybody could have had them. <laughs> yeah, so if you wanted a blue 50th. <laughs> anyway, Ford just quickly, Falcon. I think we just run off the winners because yeah, we're a bit through the off. time. So the pairs were taken out by Steve Bowie and Carol Richardson. Oh, look, I have to mention Yuzhong Chen and James Yang. They were only point two of a match point behind Amazing. in second place. So couldn't have been any closer. In the teams, that was taken out by Mike Curry and Ken Yule, Malcolm Mayer and Jonathan Westerby by 10 VPs. Pretty convincing. Wow. And the Swiss Bears taken out by Glennis Palmer and Linda Kartner. Well done. I'm sure everybody had a great weekend of bridge. Nice yep. to see the club full. Yeah, absolutely. Restricted pairs, Mariana. You were in that? Yep. Who was the winner of that? A couple of Aucklanders, Barry, Andrew Mochi and Candace Smith. Well done to you two. Let's head over to our chat with Leon Mill, Kiwi boy, Aussie boy, you decide. Waltzing Matilda, you'll come a waltzing Matilda with me. Good morning, Liam. How are you keeping today? Very well, thank you. Our health check at our quarantine hotel. They came and knocked on our door and asked us a few questions and took our temperature. And Susan's gone out for her walk. You have to book in and go out in a mask and all the rest of it. Anyway, it's all exciting. We're halfway through our managed isolation and going to be free this weekend. What's the hotel like, Liam? Is it really five-star? It's Ridges, Auckland. It's down in the CBD. We're right next to the Sky Tower. The room's fine. The food leaves something to be desired. But if they ever bring you a bad meal, Hell Pizza is just one block away. (laughs) 
than they can deliver. They can. They deliver and for a very reasonable price of $20 odd dollars, you get a nice health pizza which sometimes beats the stuff they offer you here. Go for pandemonium, I reckon. Pandemonium's a good one. <laughs> Purgatory is another one of my favourites. <laughs> hey Liam, getting on to bridge, just oh, first of all, in Aussie, is there any face-to-face bridge situation over there? I guess Victoria's not having much. Well, actually, Victoria's, there's been some positive news out of Victoria. I just saw today that there were no new cases overnight in Victoria, and they're actually planning on coming out of lockdown. They've been in like pretty solid lockdown for the last 112 days, and they're coming out of lockdown tomorrow. Yeah, mid- midnight uh, tonight, which, is, which is Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. So there won't be face-to-face bridge there for a while, probably. You know, you have to set up all the protocols and so on, but it's getting closer. In South Australia and in Western Australia, it's all go. I know that South Australia has been having their state championships, and I think there's a national event coming up this year in Western Australia, which would be the first one, I, I believe, since the Gold Coast Congress. I think it's called the Golden West, and as far as I can tell, that's the only event left on the calendar for this year that hasn't been cancelled. They usually would get mostly a Western Australia crowd, and Western Australia has had very few COVID cases. I saw in New South Wales, where I live, there's been some face-to-face bridge sessions at the Sydney Bridge Centre, which is the, the main one in town. North Shore Bridge Club, which is the biggest club in Australia, over a 1,000 members. They've sent out an email last week saying that they're looking forward to opening up uh, and having face-to-face bridge sessions. So it's all starting to starting to come back online. It's been a long wait for people to have online bridge. In terms of national events, so most new listeners will be aware that Summer Festival of Bridge and Gold Coast Congress and all of the Australian national events at the start of 2021 have been cancelled through the end of March. And that's sort of expected. Like Gold Coast Congress, they couldn't really wait and see. They would have had so many overheads that they had to pay up front or book up front yep. well in advance. The first national event that hasn't been cancelled that's left on the calendar is the Autumn Nationals in Adelaide, which is one of the smaller, sort of medium-sized national events. I think there's a reasonably good chance it'll go ahead. I'm sort of cautiously optimistic about that one. South Australia has done a great job of managing COVID. They've had very few cases since May this year. They might be relying on interstate players to turn up, in which case New South Wales and Vic have a bit more work to do. You know, there's another chance of like a third wave. At the moment, it's all fairly well under control. There's only been nine new cases overnight in Australia. So it's not happening just yet, but it will be happening soon, I think, in terms of face-to-face bridge. Australia certainly sounds like it's doing a lot better than most places in the world. Yeah, that's right. I say second only to New Zealand. You know, Australia's doing a pretty good job. And, you know, with the introduction of this travel bubble, especially once that gets to the stage where Australians don't have to, well, people travelling from Australia don't have to quarantine once they re-enter New Zealand, there's a good chance that we'll begin to see a flow of bridge players back and forth between the two countries next year. That's, that's still a fair way away, of course. Uh, there's been quite a few positive signs in the last month, anyway. Okay. Well, talking about travel and the bubble, what brings you and Susan back to NZ. So we arrived back a little over a week ago. We've been thinking about coming back to New Zealand all year, really. New Zealand's a pretty good place to be right now, even better than usual. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, we've basically been thinking about getting it together. And finally, yeah, we just decided to, to pull the trigger. Susan left her job, given up our lease. We've put our stuff into storage. Now, don't get too excited. We're not going to be back here for good. It's oh, a shame. <laughs> we're going to be back in New Zealand for the next three or four months. Yeah, we're really looking forward to playing some bridge as well. We're going to be playing in the 15A tournament, which is a week after we get out of our um, quarantine. And yeah, maybe we'll be at some of the Christmas cheer tournaments around the country. Very good. I'm sure people will welcome you with open arms. I heard some news over the weekend, Liam, that there's a, the closest thing you're going to get to the Gold Coast Congress might be held in New Zealand in early March. 
And when I say oh, the really? closest, the, the Taranaki Congress, <laughs> which is usually just a few days, they're trying to extend it and make it a bit longer. And, of course, Taranaki's, it's on the way to the Gold Coast, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, depending on which route you take. That's, that's really exciting news. <laughs> I've sort of been thinking that New Zealand needs longer national events. Apart from Congress, even some of the major events don't go for more than two days. Whereas in Australia, it's quite common to have events that go for five days, for example. And it would be a really good step for New Zealand to have some longer events during the calendar that aren't Congress. I'd be really excited by that. Yeah, well, they're hoping for it to happen. And I was just talking to somebody from Taranaki who's hopefully going to come on the show next week and tell us all about it once it's confirmed. Five days they're looking at, are they? Well, it might even be a bit longer than that. We'll just, just have to see. I think they're thinking maybe Saturday right through to possibly the following Thursday. How many days is that? Is that the same as four days? Five, six days. Yeah. See how we go. We'll find out next week. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really exciting. So there's, maybe you and Susan should stay for another couple of months then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the Taranaki Congress. Well, yeah. We're getting invitations to play in events now that people have heard that we're in town. Like, we got an invitation to play in the Tauranga Congress yesterday. Nice. Who knows? We're really looking forward to playing some bridge. It's going to be really good. Actually, everybody seems to be a bit rusty when they get back to the table after being, you know, even though you might have played online, it's it's all it's all different, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think it's really good timing, Taranaki Congress, to try and step up and run a longer event because people have just been a bit deprived of bridge. <laughs> and so they might get quite a lot of interest. Oh, I think they might. I mean, I think the numbers could be good. They've got a pretty impressive venue they've got lined up for it. They're not going to have it at the, where they usually have it. They're hoping for bigger numbers, and I think they'll get them. The venue for next year's Congress has been uh, confirmed. Yes, it has. You've heard about that? So it looks like an awesome yeah, venue. Yeah, yeah. Is it at Tauranga, is it? Mount Monganui, but yeah. just out of Tauranga, very close to the airport, the Tauranga airport. Bay yeah. Park, where yeah, they used to have Speedway and they have netball, they have all sorts now. They had this massive upgrade to the facilities there over a decade ago. Yeah, and it's a huge area, so yeah, there's no, no shortage of space. And if they can increase the numbers, they've got plenty of room. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully uh, travel will be open between Australia and New Zealand and you can get a little bit of an international contingent by then. Yeah, well, yeah we're certainly hoping so because all those Aussies, well, I know some of them are a bit of a pain, but, you know, we certainly <laughs> want them to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, look, you just put up with them. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Right now, I also was reading an article you wrote recently, Liam, a little bit about some online cheating, particularly on BBO. Interesting stuff and a couple of confessions. Do you like to talk a little bit about that, Liam? Yeah, sure. So I got asked to write an article for the Australian Bridge magazine about the sort of recent cheating scandals online. And for those who aren't aware or haven't been following it, especially on bridgewinners.com, there's been a lot of information and discussion on there. Basically, two really high-level players, like world champions, had confessed to self-kibitzing, which is basically watching their BBO table when kibitzes are allowed using a second device or a second account. Very easy to do, sadly, and obviously seeing all four hands, it's very easy to, to make the right play. In fact, it's impossible to beat you if you're taking that sort of advantage. There been suspicions raised about both of the players were eventually caught and they confessed on bridge winners and yeah there have been more since then there has been a lot of suspicion in some of these top online tournaments about players either self-convincing or colluding like communicating outside of bbo uh, and telling each other their hands or what to lead and yeah it's been really interesting it's a bit of a challenge for the bridge world with the move to online bridge there's all sorts of things which people hadn't considered one of the most innovative sponsors i've seen is the idea to have kibitzas broadcast by half an hour so now anyone watching themselves 
can't get an advantage because they're getting the information half an hour too late. Yeah. But you can still have kibitzes and watch things. Unfortunately, at the moment, it's pretty basic. You can't click on the boards and go back and look at previous boards. You can't click on the double W button. And the commentary is it's a little bit harder for people to actually commentate on BBO. But I've heard that BridgeBase is working on really good functionality. It'll just be identical to existing ViewGraph, but just half an hour delayed, and which will still leave it open to viewers to watch, but at the same time, it'll dramatically reduce the ability of people to cheat. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's been a pretty interesting time, and there's been a lot of developments recently. I guess one of the theories about why there has been so much cheating online is that it's quite easy for people to do. You'd, unlike face-to-face bridge, where you basically need to have a sit down with your partner and agree a code, and if they don't like the sound of it, they might dob you in. It's much more risky. For people self-kibitzing, there's no risk really at all, mm. except of being caught. They don't have to have anyone's base log on their phone and watch their own table while they're playing on the computer. So yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting times. There've been a couple of developments actually on our side of the world that are quite relevant to the whole topic. It's tempting to think that in Australia and New Zealand there isn't much cheating, and I think probably the level of cheating in, in both face-to-face bridge and online bridge in Australasia is lower than the rest of the world, perhaps because of the culture that we have. But it's not non-existent, and it would be naive to think that there aren't people cheating on online bridge in Australia and New Zealand. A couple of recent developments I saw today on the front page of the New Zealand Bridge site, there's a decision from the Conduct, Discipline and Disputes Committee about a player who was playing with himself. He had set up a second account and was using a second computer to play with himself in a tournament, so he knew both his and his partner. Um, That's a method I hadn't heard of before. Anyway, he's a good player and playing one of the tournaments that was organised by the Auckland Bridge Club and he was caught. He came back and tried it again and caught again and it didn't say player's name or what the decision handed down had been but you'd have to assume that it's going to be pretty hard for a player to play online bridge again uh, in New Zealand. So yeah, that's the first one. Australia is also sort of on the case with this sort of stuff. They've appointed a national online recorder for people to report cases to, and they've also uh, published a process for dealing with online cheating, which includes an online ethics investigation group, which involves expert players basically looking at a partnerships or player's hand and trying to work out if there's a pattern or anything dodgy going on. It's good to see that New Zealand and Australia are on the case. It's taken quite a long time, uh, given that online bridge was sort of starting up in March. But, you know, it, sometimes these things do take time. So mm-hmm. it, it's good yeah. to see that both Australia and New Zealand are, are doing something about it. I think it's great that we're actually even talking about this. It doesn't seem like that many years ago, Liam, that cheating was like nobody talked about it. It's only when Boy Brogelin's thing came through with those top players that were all sort of caught cheating that people actually started talking about it like we are. That's right. And, you know, for a while it was was pretty hard to accuse someone of cheating, even if you knew. That said, though, there have been quite a lot of whispers about the players that uh, Brogelin accused. Right, A lot of the top players knew that he was cheating, but there was no one that stepped up until he was there to basically make a public accusation and risk quite a lot if he was wrong or people didn't believe him. Yeah, true. The same thing's happening with Online Bridge. It's pretty hard and it's pretty awkward to accuse someone of cheating, especially in, I think, the cultures of New Zealand and Australia. It's just not really seen as that nice to accuse someone of cheating. And it is going on and it's a really awkward problem, but I think people talking about it, as you said, Barry, is a pretty important first step. I've got a question. How would the person getting caught online cheating, 
wonder what that how that translates to actually face to face bridge. Wonder if there's any correlation. You know, any correlation, yeah, where they take it from online to maybe face to face. And if that person is actually gonna be judged if their name becomes public, you know, they're gonna be judged again doing face to face bridge. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's pretty interesting to think about whether, sort of a matter of whether the public takes it seriously. If you don't see people cheating online as that big a problem compared to cheating in real life bridge, the stigma and the punishment will be less. I personally think it's the same and people are suffering real life bans. Sylvia Shee, who is the American world champion who confessed to cheating, she got a very harsh ban in my view. Three years suspended, uh, three years with a further three years, I believe, suspended, um, and she can't play face-to-face bridge now. So she was a professional bridge player, so her career is now over, at least for the next three years, even if real-life bridge does come back in the U.S. and other places. But one of the problems, actually, for national bridge organisations and for the WBF is that there aren't really good guidelines for what punishments for online cheating should be. And I personally don't know whether New Zealand or Australia have set up guidelines for what the punishment should be if someone's caught cheating online there aren't proper processes set up then it's pretty hard to enforce whatever Mm. rules you decide are applicable so i think there's a information problems to solve as well this is a new area it's a brave new world and it's sort of up to the bridge administrators to try Mm. and fix this and make sure that people can't cheat online and if they do they're, they're heavily discouraged or punished for it wow I guess you can look at it as like the very sad state of affairs or you can say, hey, it's really good that we're actually at last trying to deal with it rather than just sweep it under the carpet and pretending it didn't happen. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? Even before COVID-19, there was a lot of cheating on online bridge. It was a well-known thing that, you know, you can go into a ACBL tournament or any other tournament on BBO and there'll be pairs who play who just waste it. It was a well-known thing. And I think it's very likely that given the increased attention on online bridge now that very high-level tournaments and top players are playing online because there are no real-life tournaments. I think it's very likely that those old online cheaters who were playing and cheating online for a long time before COVID, they're going to start getting caught as well because the processes are going to start improving. I know that BBO now has some automated stuff to pick up suspicious patterns. So one interesting data point comes from the world of online chess. So one of the biggest chess websites, I believe, is chess.com. Now, they have published an article saying that they have set up a lot of automated cheating detection systems that prove that they work, and they're now banning 500 accounts a day. Cheating is common. It's somewhere in the 1% to 2% of accounts that cheat, but it is quite a significant number of people over the large number of players that they have. And I think they were nearing half a million accounts that have been banned for cheating. Now, hopefully, Bridge is not as bad as that. Cheating in online chess is basically a solo action. You cheat by using a computer to tell you what the best moves are, whereas bridge, if there's no kibitzes allowed, you have to cheat with your partner. So that makes it less likely because it requires people to collaborate and cheat. It does show in a comparable game that there are a lot of people out there who are happy to bend the rules a little bit in their favour. We do need processes for detecting online cheating, and I think it would be naive for people in Australia and New Zealand to think it doesn't apply to them. I'm sure there's cheating going on in online events. Hey, I played in a tournament on BBO the other day and I scored 73, which is a pretty good score, right? One of the best scores I've had. That's pretty good. There were 12,000 people in this tournament. 73 was good enough for 200th. And I thought, wow. And there were people scoring 92. Now, I'm not saying they cheated, but 92. Could that really happen over 12 boards? 
Yeah, it's hard to know. Those robot tournaments can be a little bit suspect and a bit concerning if you hadn't won, if you <laughs> it was all real players. There are a lot of discussions sort of happening behind closed doors and just sort of casually between people that this pair or this player that never was achieving anything in face-to-face bridge is now, you know, winning all tournaments <laughs> online. And it's one of the ways that people can get caught because their level just starts rising really high when they go online. It's, it's probable that there's no real good cause for that. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for that, Liam. It's interesting times and sounds like things are at least progressing and I think that's a great thing. That's right. Thanks a lot for having me on the show, guys. It's been really interesting talking about these things with you and hopefully your audience also finds it interesting. I'm sure they will. And hey, look, if you're here for three months, we might even catch up with you again before you go back. Thanks a lot, guys. I'm really looking forward to running into you and all of our other bridge friends at the tournaments that are going to be on over the next few months. We're definitely going to be at the 15A national teams in a week and a half and we'll likely be at some of the other like Christmas chair tournaments around the country. Yeah, yeah we had the uh, Hamilton Congress just this weekend. We had sort of 32 teams in the teams and good numbers. That's actually a record for, for Hamilton. I think it's maybe because Congress didn't happen. Did two tables again yesterday and I think it was 29 or 30 tables on Saturday, so pretty happy with those numbers. People are just pleased yeah, to be back face to face. Yeah, that's a really good time. I'll be there at the national teams making up the numbers. We'll see you at the 15A. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thanks okay. for having me on the show, guys. Regards to Susan. Bye. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Mariana. Bye. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Question one. Julie, we've got a listener who his hearing is not that great. He actually overheard a result from another table. It was a slam. They said, oh, yeah, it makes six outs or whatever it was. And the same thing happened again in the weekend to him. So he's getting a bit frustrated by this. What do you do when you hear another result and you've got to still play that hand? What should happen and what should the director do? Okay, well, the first thing is that you should let the director know and preferably not everyone else at the table because it just compounds the problem. So first of all, let the director know that you've heard something that you think might be important information that you should shouldn't have, that's fine. The director will normally say, just continue, because a lot of the time we overhear things is not necessarily about the hand that's just been played. It could be someone just talking at the end about a hand they played last week, and what we hear is not relevant to that particular hand. So it's not, although it sounds like it probably is, it's not always relevant to what we've got going to pick up in front of us. And also, quite often, the information we get may not help us at all if we are doing something. It's more a case of when we've got to make decisions in the bidding and the information we've received is going to just make it impossible for us to make a decision without it feeling like we're being influenced by what we heard. So what we do, we tell the director and say we've overheard some information that we consider might be critical. The director will nearly always tell you to sit down and play the hand and to call back when you get to that point where you consider that you've got a problem. So when you're sitting there thinking, should I go ace asking, should I sign off, or I'm going to go ace asking and then you get the response, should I sign off, should I bid on, all of those issues that start coming up around this area. It could be as simple as, should I make this rebid instead of that rebid because you're on that fine line of up or down. So at some point there will be a point of decision making and you'll be sitting there thinking, I really don't know what to do now. 
So you call the director back and say, look, I'm really sorry, but I really can't do anything because I know what the result is and it's put me in an impossible position. At which point, normally the board will be 60-60 with the director telling the people off behind you because you shouldn't have heard anything at all. Does happen a bit though, doesn't it? Oh, it happens at the club, it happens in to- it happens oh, all the time. Yep. Amazing amount of time, but an amazing amount of time, it just doesn't seem to matter. Sometimes you know, your opponents bid to the slam. It's what they, you know, they haven't heard it, you've heard it. They've bid to it, you don't know what to lead. All you know is that they bid that slam. Sometimes you don't even know if it's made or not. There are times where the information doesn't affect you in your bidding at all, but certainly a lot of the time it does. And you should never have to be in that position of, I know what makes and I don't know what I would have done, so why should you have to play it? and have to make a bad result because you're ethical or a good result because you feel like you're being unethical. I mean, it's just impossible. Yep. And it's not your fault. You weren't the person that spoke loudly. You're not the person that ruined it for you. Luckily, some of us have quite little voices, Mariana. (laughs) What about when your partner's (laughs) looking at it and they're punching in the score and they're like, oh, you could make this and this. Yes, that's right. So it's not only the next tables, okay. Julie. It could be your partner that's doing the jolly um It's one of her mate. pet hates. But if someone's looking at it and says, oh, look, it says you can make this, that doesn't mean that you can, okay? Yeah, it means I it's mean, possible. Because can cheat by looking at all hands, you can't do that. So there's no guarantee if yeah. the result says that you can make Sam that you should bid it or that you can even make it. So <laughs> that's... Not quite so useful. I did hear one yesterday. I heard them saying, oh, two key cards plus the queen or something or other. It was actually the table that was playing the boards we'd just played. So oh. <laughs> it didn't, but I couldn't help but think if I heard it, well, probably somebody else heard it too. Yes. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I know that I got into trouble lots as a child and older because when I'm concentrating, I don't hear anything. So, <laughs> so you know, that, that extraneous noise, and sometimes noise is just noise. Sometimes, we know, there are people that talk loudly. There are people that appear to hear people more often. I mean, Patrick and I are forever in trouble because our voices carry. If we, Even if we talk quietly, we have people telling us to be quiet. And we know people hear our voice because we direct and we expect yep. them to pay attention. So there are several things that make life difficult at times. We just do the best we can. And we seriously should be very careful about when we talk about hands after playing them. I just want to get back to Julie as a child not hearing. I think what people are saying is that she doesn't listen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and with that note, where are you staying in a couple of weeks, Barry? Oh dear. Uh oh. (laughs) Sounds like you're in the garage. We've just been talking to Liam. There might be a spare room at the Ridges Quarantine Hotel. Okay, Julie, thank you for coming on, and we still love you. Thanks, see you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey, you better be careful. Last week, Judge Julie said that Jenny should take your place, so I wouldn't give her any stick. And to close the show, we've got one of my favourite events that happens every year in New Zealand. My Peers, and it's sponsored by Babbage. Babbage, yeah. And it's on Friday night, and it's a great event to play cost you, I don't know, 10, 12 bucks or whatever $12. it is. $12. Yeah, $12, you get a booklet telling you what you could have, should have, might have 
yep. want to have done on every hand. Really well written, interesting hands. Every local club has got it, scored right across the country, so you yep. get to compete against, like, I think they had playing? a thousand. Yeah, we're playing. I think they had like a thousand pairs playing yeah, in it awesome. last year for the first time. So make sure you get along to it is one a walk of your in local clubs. too, isn't it? It's a walk in, so you can just turn up there and play. I think most clubs organise that. And. The last thing I want to say is don't forget Melbourne Cup Day at Hamilton Bridge Club. I'm actually taking the day off, Barry. Well, guess what? What? I'll see you there. Oh. Okay, folks. Have a great weekend. Catch you later. Bye for now. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.